Hey, welcome back to No Prize Podcast. I am the Professor Bud Young, and with me is Lucas. How are you, Lucas? Hey, I am doing absolutely freaking great, man. You know, uh, another good weekend to eat something, pour something, and uh, open a few books, crack some books open, and see what's going on in the world of Marvel. Yeah. Um, oh, we're we're into the late con season. We had you uh, you off last week with Baltimore Comic Con, and I'm on assignment at Rhode Island Comic Con this weekend. So, you know, hopefully we will have some stories for you coming up in the next couple of weeks. I'm be seeing some Marvel, old school Marvel guys. So yeah, man, you are a street soldier that you're there at the con, and yet you're still <laughs> coming up <laughs> around and 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 doing this, man. So God bless, man. But but I, you, you're not at a hotel, so I guess that is one, one difference. Oh no, no, um, I'm I only live about 45 minutes away from the con, so oh, you know, still though, this. oh, yeah. that's rough. Nah, oh, uh-uh. nah, nah. I just pack in the car, still get there in time to, for you know to see everybody. So it's all good. No, no, no. Couldn't be me, man. But hey, I, I had a good time at Baltimore Con. Uh, God bless to all the people that uh, you know came up to me and said hello and freaking told us that hey, Conversators is doing a good job and and uh, and recognized me. So I guess I got to change up my 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 attire. <laughs> But when you guys see because you guys like how did you know who it was? Oh, old black guy with a fucking tracksuit on. Yeah, we, we we thought it was you. Like, oh, I, I guess I gotta <laughs> change up my attire, then, you know. But that, that's that's cool, man. Especially you know, um, the the young people. That was that was amazing, man. I didn't know that we had that much of an impact. So no, no, God bless, and I uh, can't wait to uh, wait to do it again next year. Um, but now you're at. I'm at Rhode, Rhode Island Comic Con this year, and uh, was just there last night. It was the first night of the con. Uh, not as many people as I expected. I mean, it was a Friday, but um, you know, it was nice walking around and seeing uh, a lot of the celebrities that were there, and that they weren't afraid to get back out. There was there was a, there was a, a lot of the the comic creators are afraid of COVID still, so there were a lot of them. Everybody's wearing masks. The, the Rhode Island Comic Con has a rule that you have to have a mask on when you're in the con. Um, so that's, you know, especially when you want to talk to your, your favorite creator and they're sitting there with the masks on, it's like, you know, <laughs> you don't really even recognize them, but um, you know, it's good, good to be out there. Good to see these people we haven't seen in a year, uh, two years now. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the weekend to get some good plans. I hosted a couple of panels last night. Um, we had a Mark, Mark Gruenwald retrospective oh. career retrospect panel. Uh, we also did a Don McGregor interview. Uh, nice. So, you know, everybody, I love Don. I interviewed Don a couple of years ago at the same con. Um, and he's always a great time. I, I love the people that I only have to ask three questions to, and he talks for the rest <laughs> of the time. So, you know, he's he's, he's on and on and on, baby. So many stories. He's such a great interview. I, <laughs> I could I could talk to him all day long. So, or you uh, just listen to him all day long. That's that's what it really is. Right? Yeah, you know, he's in in. Like he knows, he kind of knows what you want to hear, so he'll just pivot and go right to the next thing, and it okay. is what it is. So, 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 okay, so you're going back today, right? yeah? And uh, today is Saturday, and what I noticed that is that, and this is more likely to be true, is that uh, on Saturday there was definitely a lot more people than there was on Friday. Right? Yes, that's what um, I'm expecting. So, so I need you to take an active count because this is what I was doing at Baltimore Con, like how like cosplay. Like, mm-hmm. are the people cosplaying, and what are they cosplaying as? You don't have to say, okay, this particular no, superheroes versus manga versus like other random freaking random character that you didn't just didn't freaking know. And if you didn't rent, just you know, take some photo or just, or just do whatever, right? Um, yeah. But that is something I'm definitely interested in because I did take note of that at the Baltimore Con, and uh, it was definitely more manga to anything. Now the interesting thing was, uh, and because you noted, you had just noted that uh, a lot of the writers and artists had not shown up because of the COVID thing, right? Which yeah. Makes sense to me. Very thin now, this year, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the ones that did show up at Baltimore Con, there was some indie indie artists and writers. Now the one that did show up, it had probably the best table, the biggest table, or the most people showing up to the table consistently, Friday through Sunday was Trish Forstner. 
Uh, so for those who don't know that who that is, she is an artist that has previously worked on the My Little Pony series and currently the Stray Dog series, which is which has an art style that is very reminiscent of some of the old Disney animation, right? Okay. So yeah, so it is her 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 stuff and uh, it's Tony Flick's stuff is very on fire, um, and they're getting ready to do a second effort on that one. Um, now the the most interesting thing was that the people that were showing up at her table they weren't the regular neckbeards, right? The regular spectators, you know, <laughs> who were just freaking you no, know, uh, you know, I'm going to turn this and flip this for 200. No, there were very earnest fans there, um, not just from the old guys but from young women. Um, and some of the young women that were into the manga cosplay. So that, to me, means there is a definite uh, crossover and, and genres over there happening. Um, and that's definitely something key. That, 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 the impact of seeing that line of people that were in there, in there for her impacted me so much that I went home and I bought um, that first issue uh, for $120. Um, and if I see one out there, 90, 200, 200 bucks, I'm definitely going to spend the money on that one. So that is definitely something to keep an eye on as monk as, as we, as I've seen, uh, Marvel definitely hitting out on the manga stuff and that animation style, but people are loving that old Disney animation style. Hmm. So that's something to, to keep an eye on. Oh, so like a Carl Barks kind of uh, kind of stuff, like Uncle Scrooge. The uh, so 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 think about Bambi. Got it. The Got nice it. clear lines, the nice beautiful background animation, that type of stuff. The 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 Lady and the Tramp. Got um, it. Type of animation, that type of stuff. Oh okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so 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 in the meantime, let's let's uh, get into some news real quick. Um, yeah, you showed me some stuff that I didn't even know was going on. Yes, sir. Uh, Jim Carrey. The leak is the, there's a leak out there claiming that Jim Carrey is getting ready to be announced as Modoc in the MCU. Uh, now that's pretty interesting because what I thought he was pretty successful as Son of the Hedgehog, but apparently a lot of people didn't like it. Um, so there's been some consternation between him and the direction, the production producers, and everything. So um, at some point, I guess they're like, you know what? Screw it. Let's, 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 he's like, let's do something else. So he is going to possibly, and I think this actually makes sense for him, play Modoc in AMCU. What say you, sir? Um, I'm saying what the heck happened to Patton Oswalt, who played Modoc in the animated series, and I think would make a perfect Modoc in the MCU. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's even get the kind of look. All you have to do is take his head, and yeah, you don't even have to stretch it out. He's already got a big head. Well, see, see, the thing is, you know, he's he's a great sound sound artist but as far as body body movements it's not so good right? yeah so absolutely great sound great great joy to see him and hear him on stage but as far as visually you got to go with the man here the big man jim carrey yeah facial yeah because facial expressions will be key and jim carrey is the king so mm-hmm. yeah okay i That's get cool. it i get it makes sense and then let's see, uh, Doctor Who. So for those that don't know the crossover between Doctor Who and and Marvel, is that you know one of the first comic books that he ever had out was uh, Marvel pre- Premiere number fifty seven, right? So people forget that. Huh. Um, so w- what's happening is that right now, um, the rights for Doctor Who are going away from BBC after sixty years, right? The whole time, BBC is on the rights. The reason why their their rights are going away from it is because the director, the current director, Russell T. Davies, told them in the beginning, hey, I'm not going to work on this unless you give me the rights to do Doctor Who um, after like two or three years. right? So now those two, two three years are up, and they're going to Bad Wolf Productions, right, which is his little company right, that he does. And they've got a lot more um, architecture and stuff to do stuff with Doctor Who, which will be great. Interesting thing is, is that Bad Wolf is currently under negotiations to get sold to Sony. And that's really? Huge. Yes, sir. That's so that huge. means we could have like Doctor Who feature films. Yes, sir. Yes, tied sir. tied into the Marvel universe. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, I mean, now every year they always have some type of feature, like a Christmas feature, uh, featuring like Doctor Who and like, hey, what he did for Christmas. Christmas has always big, been big for him. 
Um, but this could be huge because with uh, with Sony going into this right now, you get access to bigger and better actors to do Doctor Who. You get access to better and better, bigger and better architecture, and more and more of an international audience with this. Hmm. This is going to be absolutely huge for Doctor Who. So that's why I tell people, hey, no. Go back, think about getting this freaking comic book. Um, I know a lot of people shun it because, once again, it's not even really his first appearance comic book. Um, there is also the Doctor Who Weekly magazine, right? That's out there. Um, but the one that is his original, original comic book, and this was a comic book strip, was a it was part of a t- comic book strip from TV comic magazine number 674 from 1964 um and it, it was figured uh it was featured uh weekly in the speaking comic book so it's not like oh it was a one time thing no it was featured weekly in that so but the thing is is that's just one of those that doesn't come up for auction very very much so if you do come across this if you do even i don't care if it costs five thousand dollars you definitely got to think about buying this one because this is a part of heart, uh, history prior to star wars right prior to star trek this was this was the science fiction joint that was out there so yeah. so people and people forget about that and i and i and this is how i, I know that there's something rotten in denmark when it comes to speculators is that there's all this other stuff but people are not recognizing either this or or this as something that people should be picking up this one you can pick up for like 20 bucks it's crazy yeah for for now <laughs> yeah for now uh and then a penguin random uh penguin random house that is the distributor for currently marvel books right now um a year ago they actually tried to buy simon schuster right and the only thing that was stopping them was the antitrust laws well doj says they are now officially stepping in to make sure that this doesn't happen, um, Viacom, CBS originally tried to sell Simon Schuster to PRH for $2.18 billion, which would have been great for them because they owe a lot of money right now. And Viacom is getting ready to get sued as well. Uh, the DOJ is saying that the merger would be 50%. But uh, when you look at the other numbers that have been put out for a while now, uh, the market share will only shoot out to like around 34%. Um, because they they actually have twenty five percent and nine percent, and that's from MBD. Unless there's some other numbers out there that they're doing. That, that's all. Now, what's interesting is that the numbers that they are using and have been fed have been fed to them by Harper Collins, right? Hmm. Or or because because I actually read the statement, right? And they're using some of the statements that I've that I've seen Harper Collins put out, and Harper Collins is actually owned by. It's the second largest uh, publisher out there, um, and it's actually owned by News Corp, right? So I, I think that's kind of interesting is that they're using their rivals' statements to to, to run, me, run me this up, hmm. um, even though the numbers just don't match up with what they they say it's saying, right? So that's 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 the one thing. And then the last thing for the news is that, look, <laughs> um, shout out to uh, one of my cohorts, uh, Mel V, who told us about Madam Slay. He's been saying, Madam Slay is coming, Madam Slay. He's been saying that for like three years. Well, now she is coming. And I was like, well, even if she is coming, like, do, is she going to be? Well, Tiana Taylor, she put out on Instagram and this is what she looks like. So I think after this, this, this there's definitely going to be more interest in what's going on with her. I don't know after the Black Panther movies and whether how long she's really going to be in the MCU. But I can tell you this: a lot of young ladies are going to be uh, interested, and guys are going to be interested in what's going on with this costume. <laughs> well, you know, this funny thing is that uh, when I was talking to Don McGregor last night, he was the one that told me that Madam Slay was going to be the 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 bad guy in black panther 2 and he was kind of proud about that and i was like oh it's like i was like that was breaking news for me and now here it is it must have just popped yesterday so no it's, it's been it's been a, uh for at least a year now that we've been talking about tiana taylor tiana taylor but once again you know I, not no disrespect to her as an actress but i know i had no idea like how it was going to pan in or look like and everything. And that's always the big fear. It's like, okay, do I can I really see her as, you know, as this particular character? And this one right here, <laughs> oh yeah, sure. yep. 
I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna shut up and I'm not gonna care nothing about whatever whatever's going on in the movie. I'm uh, just gonna sit there and eat my popcorn. She don't need to be acting. <laughs> hey, here she is. So, let's. Uh, did you want to take a let's take a break right now? Uh, yeah. What, what do yeah. we got? Yeah, we can take Who's a quick up? break. Let's do. Uh, uh, let's do Jank Think. <laughs> Exciting, man. I want to play. <laughs> I'm like, uh, my kids tried to teach me how to play magic once. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so are we jumping into comics now? Because let's, uh, let's talk uh, Darkhawk. Um, Darkhawk number three dropped this week. One of the few books, because this is a, kind of a light week for Marvel, yeah? Yes, sir. Um, and this is like Kyle Higgins writing one on Ramirez, uh, on the pencils, Eric Osnega colors, right? Um, so this, this book, so this is a new Darkhawk, right? This is, um, who's the dude? His name is Connor Young. Yep. And he is the new Darkhawk. Um, now what's funny is, I don't know if you remember, um, last year, but they had a one shot with um, with Chris Powell still as Darkhawk, written by Danny Fingeroth, and nowhere in there was there this rumor that there might be a new Darkhawk coming down the pike, right? Right, right. <laughs> and now, and now this one here, um, Connor Young, and this and th- this is a different. It's a weird kind of not weird because this is typical Marvel, right? So you have uh, the the challenge for this hero is that he's been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, right? So this yeah. is kind of a book with a message. Um, but other than that, this um, you know Connor Young, seventeen year old, uh, you know basketball prodigy, um, being have probably heavily recruited by colleges and stuff and and he gets dropped this dark hawk armor and now he's going to try to figure out how to live with this but also when he's not dark hawk he's suffering from a, a debilitating disease and yeah. um in this particular issue it's the aftermath of connor's best friend derek who gets murdered um by uh i believe it's drug dealers as it usually is right um because of what they're you know what they're into and now connor is trying to figure out who murdered his best friend um and that's that's kind of creating the conflict there's still a lot of mystery going on with how did he get the armor or why did he get it and he doesn't know the capabilities of it he's not really sure like what's going on there are other people that are after him because they want the armor Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's that is kind of creating the conflict here and um he runs into at the end of this issue what looks like a little cyborg supergroup and um i don't know what they're called but uh but there's probably there's, there's like four or five of them um but now dark hawk has to face the bad guys with uh you know miles morales coming in to swoop in because you can't sell a book without a spider-man these days <laughs> yeah um, uh, see, that's what exactly what it made me think about this, man. I was like, okay, is this like his secret six or something like that? Sinister six. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, I, I mean, they all look cool, you know? And, um, I don't, I didn't think that I was ready for another Dark Hawk book, right? And, you know, being, you know, acquainted with Danny Fingeroth and he was, he was fighting to be, uh, to, to continue Dark Hawk with him as a writer. Like he wanted, he wanted to work. And uh, so, like, as of last year, I kind of thought there might be something going on with Darkhawk with Danny on at the helm. And then when I saw this, I was like, wait, so they decided to to bring back Darkhawk, but with a totally different creative team and a totally different direction than when I was thinking. So um, 
It is interesting. I um, The first issue I thought was kind of slow, but now we're at the third issue and I'm kind of buying into this, uh, the whole story, the drama of it a little bit. Um, the, the fact that he is, you know, suffering from multiple sclerosis almost kind of feels like uh, the Tony Stark and Iron Man thing from from like 50 years ago when Tony sure, had sure, to keep sure. the armor on, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And uh so exactly you know i can see kind of analysis yeah yeah i could kind of see where this is going where you know it's going to be to the point where connor is going to have to keep the armor on right yeah uh and so it's it's an interesting i think dynamic with the with the um the disease that he has not really kind of having a a cure, right? Because I know that that's what they want to focus on is, you know, there are a lot of people out there with MS and to be able to kind of maybe put a, an accurate light on this, because I know that that's what Marvel's doing now is kind of, you know, you have to be sensitive to the people suffering from this. So they have to kind of do an accurate portrayal of him suffering from this, but while also having superpowers. So, hey, you know, I, I think it's going to be an interesting read. Um, I just, so I hope that they don't magically cure him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's exactly. a cop, that's a cop out. You can't cop out. Right. Yeah. You can't give him MS and then have him have like the alien technology in his armor, heal him. So, uh, I hope that that's not what's on the horizon, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting ride. I, I, I kind of bought into, uh, to Connor's character, not in the first issue, but subsequently. Um, so I'm interested to see where this is going. And I, I hope they keep up the quality because the, the artwork by one on Ramirez has been pretty good too. What do you think? Look, the, the script so far has been absolutely great, right? And once again, this is a 17-year-old kid. So this is who this is supposed to be focused for, right? Um, it's, not, it's not necessarily for us. We understand we 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 kind of get it right because this is the type of dire stuff that people our age, you know, this type of stuff that we're living. Hey, we're getting ready to have some type of critical illness or debilitating disease that's getting ready. But this is a 17 year old kid that's getting ready to, to face this part of of his life so long on early. So I'm loving absolute. I'm absolutely loving loving that. Right. Um, he's 17 now, and usually, you know, by the time these kids are are like 20 or 21. No, they're in a wheelchair, right? Because yep. you know, from bottom down is by the time these kids hit thirty, it's total paralysis, right? And then yep. by the time they're, they're they're fifty, usually that's when they pass away. So um, it's not going to be a quick death necessarily, but it's definitely going to be a slow death, and it's going to be interesting to watch how Marvel handles that and goes forward, right? So I'm mm-hmm. absolutely the concept. I'm loving the way they're handling it so far. Yes, the dialogue is a little junky, but the parts that is junk is because it's trying to slow it down for the reader and make sure we get to understand how yeah. bad this could be, right? And I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I hope they don't cop out. Don't heal the kid. Let's, yep. let's see what's going on. If you want to give me diversity, give me the real problems about diversity because I've talked about this before. Okay, you give me the, you give me a different character, you made a bigger female or you make them black, whatever, but you don't walk me through how that affects that person's character or their superhero character going forward. You got to do this for Darkhawk, right? And mm-hmm. and so, for instance, and here's where I love the dialogue, right? This is where true script writing comes in, right? He's walking us through what's going through his mind as he's sitting in the doctor, right? Yeah. Uh, that, that is a very integral part, right? You get, they didn't just pick up the phone and tell us, hey, the guy's sick. Okay, well, no, they, they walked us through the doctor's appointment where he asked, uh, what happens if I do some physical activity, right? Like, am I able to do any type of physical activity? Does that make it worse? What about flying? <laughs> like, like I, like I, and you know, you can see where he's going with this. Like, uh, you know, um, and and that was that was really that was really great stuff. The other stuff is a little junky and, and everything, but I, once again, I agree with that. So, th- so that for me was great too. So context, great dialogue was great. The villain stuff with the villain stuff. Eh, it's like eh, I, I I really didn't need it at that point. You had already right. done your job. They already did their freaking job. I didn't need I didn't need the villain stuff for me to freaking go to, be interested in reading number four. Yeah. Um. I, I, I don't know. Okay, he's got some villains now. Eh. 
No. I, I like the introduction of some villains, and it looks like new villains and not like old, like the Wrecking Crew, like we used to complain about all the time. So yeah. it's uh, um, I'm interested in to see how they're go- actually going to tie into the story. So, you know, we'll we'll see because they are I, like it looks like four brand new villains. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm sure they're related. They're related to the story in some form or fashion. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, and then he gets his butt whooped the first time out. And now he's he's meeting up with Miles Morales. So, you know, it, it, once again, it, it, I did like that. I was actually pleasantly surprised at that. I don't know whether it was that I was drinking too much or I was like, oh, that's cool. Hmm. And this, you know, get me thinking like, okay, because you know, now you got now there's the uh, possibility that at some point you might join the champions, right? Make that 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 whole thing a little bit more interesting. So, you know, look, I can't say nothing about bad about dark hawk right now i like where it's going um a little perturbed that you know look look, it's great that he has villains now it just wasn't needed in this issue but you know i'll allow it was it's it's such a good and interesting thing that they're doing with this character because because look this is not the first time that they've had a character with some type of critical illness or the debilitating disease right but this is the first time that in my in my tenure of reading all this stuff that i get to walk along the process um with him and see how everything's going that's why that's why i'm loving this this Mm. is this is one of those where it might have been better if they they cut the price and then do a two week every two weeks and we're just checking on them and see what's going on has there any has there been any movement on the first issue no 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 Mm. Mm -mm. No, because you know it, it didn't necessarily hit right. Um, people are like, okay, there's this new kid, but they don't know how. Let's get until people until they hear the news that this kid is going to be like adapted to a TV series or or a movie. They're not going to swing on this one. Well, I, which is I, I which is what's this is it's gonna happen right i mean this this yeah. is a, this kind of a script with this kind of a plot is like tailor made for like a disney plus kind of so, tv right, series so, right so i warned everybody last night like hey um there i have never seen as many things that have been happening in a comic book series as has been happening and has been adapted into the movies or the tv series as quickly as right now so for instance Told everybody about the Black Widow series, right? And the fact that they just had a the current Black Widow series, uh, the, yeah, the current Black Widow series number one, where you know they introduce everybody to her husband and son, and yep. then immediately in the Black Widow movie they talked about that, right? That is a quick turnaround. Yeah, right? where they're not necessarily, but hey, and then in the current Eternals movie, right? Um, there is several scenes that regard right back into the current Eternals series that's ongoing. Hmm. That that stuff is in there. That is and I'm not talking about oh somebody talk about it. there are characters in there that have already made it into the movie already. Um so that that is quick. Quick quick because usually it takes about six or seven years. Right. What is up no right. it is quick. Yeah quick so they're they're talking, yeah so they're working hand in hand with with Hollywood and yeah, you know, because that was one of my big complaints about you know, the Black Panther series, right? And say, okay, you got us reading, you got us watching this movie, and everybody thought it was great. But then when I turn around, Black Panther's in space. <laughs> yeah, I go to the freaking comic book shop, and it's in space. So what I am saying is that look, look for Dark Hawk. This this particular Dark Hawk to make it into either some type of TV series, movie soon within the next year or two. Yeah. Um, and then so, but. People won't. People don't want to listen. Eh, they, well, they'd rather collect third or fourth prints of some BS freaking comic book thing. But I digress. I love this one. Yeah, I mean, and this is. I mean, like you said, this is definitely a, a Disney Plus plot. So yes, this is going to be awesome. All right. This is this is diversity. This is the diversity that we need. I'm just saying. Correct. Mm-hmm. All right, so what's uh, what's up next? We have uh, Daredevil. Yeah, what did you think of Daredevil? So, this, this is, is the kind of the wrap up to the storyline, yeah. Yes, sir. A little bit. Mm-hmm. So this is the wrap up where you no know, uh, bullseye um, has been causing all types of chaos throughout the city. He's getting ready to kill 
everybody. When I say everybody, I mean everybody. He's trying to kill everybody. It's him and like two other, like actually three other freaking balls eyes creating havoc. So, you know, Electra masquerading as Daredevil has been trying to trap him, bring him out so she can freaking kill him or whatever. But what's very kind of interesting in this particular one, and where it actually has been for the last two, is that uh, what's her name? Mary Todd. I forget what her name is. What's her oh, Typhoid name? Mary. Yeah, Typhoid Mary. Yeah. Um, on her own, decided to dress up as uh, Daredevil as well. So she was actually part kind of parts of the storyline as well. Um, and this one, you know, they, they, well, in the last one, they figured out that, hey, um, you know, they, they were able to subdue two of the bullseyes, but there's there's another one out there left. You know, he's doing his thing. Um, and then, you know, they're eventually able to do the whole thing. But there's a lot of interesting, the dialogue was really interesting in, in this one. Look, uh, and then at the very end, and I know it's a spoiler, but it's been coming for a while. Yeah. Uh, Kingpin uh, <laughs> ask Typhoid Mary to marry her. Um, there was it was like oh, but kind of creepy as well. Like I, 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 <laughs> I was like I don't, you know he's like dude, you know and Typhoid Mary. I, I don't I don't know man, freaking. But but I I do. It's the type of romance that was very interesting and creepy. But look, so 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 for instance, you know you got the hulking and the Wiccan thing. Right. That's that, yep. that, that's that's a romance thing that I feel like they kind of sprung on us and come came out of nowhere. And they've been, but they they've been trying to develop it develop it as as we go along, and, and that's fine, right? But it, it's still not hitting yet. But this kingpin thing and the typhoid Mary thing, yes, they sprung that on us too. But I feel like when I read the dialogue, I really feel it in there, right? Like okay, type, yeah. Yeah, Kingpin, he's a crazy ass dude, and this is his plaything at the moment. And he, but he deeply feels like he loves somebody. I get that. Yeah. that, that, that I, I'm down with that. I, I resonate with that. Yep. You're just a crazy old dude, freaking, you're a creepy old dude, fucking holding on to God. Gotcha. So that that is the element that is missing in a lot of the, uh, a lot of the Marvel stuff where you got these relationships, but there's not really that romance there. You're not really sure where it comes from and everything. But this particular romance, I'm feeling. But in the meantime, um, also inside the prison, um, you know, Matt, who's just been through his whole or- ordeal where he found out the experiment and uh, now he decided that he was out. Apparently. Right. I-, I think he should have just stayed in there. But now he- he's like, oh, yeah, I went out now. Okay. I just That's wondering if the quality of the book is going to go down with Matt out of jail. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is because. Um, you know, I kind of got used to Elektra as Daredevil. I thought it was great. Um, I, 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 I felt like her motivations was awesome. I, I, I was able to draw the lines that, okay, this is her motivation. She really feels like she has a sense of urgency of what she needs to do and why she needs to do it. When I can see the goals and the goals of a, a character that clearly, and they they know what they got to do, and they got and, and this gets their actual nature, and they're they're all about it. Yeah. I love it. Um, the muddleness of Matt being in prison, of why he was in prison, and the muddleness of that that resonates with me as well. Him mm-hmm. just sitting there trying to bide his time. Yep, I got I got you. Um, man, is look, Zdarsky just did, has been doing a real great job with Daredevil, an yep. absolutely freaking great job, man. So. That's that's all that's all I can say. Plus, <laughs> look at that comic book art, man. Come yeah. on now, that, that that's a great freaking cover. I don't care what nobody says, man. It's uh, you know this whole run has been really good. It's been one of the highlights of Marvel the last couple of years. Has been Chip Starsky's run on Daredevil. Um, it's one of those runs that when it does come to an end, you're gonna gonna you're gonna want to go back and reread it. Um, to get the full impact. Um, I think this storyline has been one of the strongest storylines in Daredevil in years. Um, and that's saying something because the last several years of Daredevil have been really, really good. Um, but this one, yeah, this one with Elektra is run, running around as Daredevil and you have, you have Typhoid Mary throwing on a Daredevil costume too to take on 
many clones of Bullseye. <laughs> you know, it's just a one villain that I that I like hope they would never clone is Bullseye because it makes him so much more dangerous. And then with the with the villainy of Kingpin always kind of in the background, always kind of just scheming and kind of uh, like having his little plot lines move move slowly down the uh, the river there. I enjoyed this greatly, and I think with uh, with Matt busting out of jail and now a like a wanted man to have um, to have at the end when the cops try to apprehend him, the Fantastic Four and Spider Man just saying, "Hey, slow your roll. This guy just saved the city." Yeah, that that never happens, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> it's usually like you know, okay, well, Daredevil's gonna go back to jail, but not this time, right? So uh, he had like all the heroes come out step step up for him, and um, I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool because we haven't seen a lot of. Uh, guest stars in this book other than uh electra right so right. now you, you you know you just kind of throw let's let's throw reed richards in there to to vouch for matt and spider-man to vouch for matt even though spider-man's not the the best person to be vouching for anybody but um i enjoy this book immensely and i don't want it to ever end i wish chip Zdarsky would just write daredevil forever but something tells me that his run might be winding down yeah, it's got to, and and I do think that uh, the way it's winding down is good. Um, yeah. let, let's just leave it like that, man. It, <laughs> the way it's been winding down has been good. Yeah, run, the whole run's been good. There's nothing. There's nothing left to say. So let's let's keep. How's, so how has the, how has Daredevil as a whole been? Uh, Speculation wise. Yeah, yeah. Has has people been like buy like buying into the run and and causing a spike? Or? Nope. No. Nope. Really? Really? Nope. Okay. Nope. No, even even with the rumors that eventually he will be making it to the MCU, there has not been any significant spike, right? Um, and that's because Netflix kind of killed it, right? They had a mm. good thing going, and then all of a sudden they killed it. Like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, they like, definitely did. Like, it's one of those things. Like, if you got it, if you already had it when they made the news, you you made your money. But if you bought it after thinking that uh, Daredevil was going to be a solid part of the MCU going forward, you lost your money. So hopefully um, a lot of people made their money and got out. But I know there's a lot of people that are that are holding. Now, Elektra uh, might be a good one to, to hold on. Anything Kingpin, that'll be a good thing to hold on to going forward. Um, but for right now, Daredevil is not, not, not where it's at. So. Huh. That's interesting because I I would throw Daredevil up there along with uh, Immortal Hulk as the two best books that Marvel had been putting out in the last couple of years. So, absolutely, absolutely, you, you would have thought, right? But yeah, uh, yeah, so. no, 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 no. All right, uh, let's see what we got. Next one, and I know you might not have paid more that much attention to this one. This one was Winter Guard. The reason why I did want to discuss this one just a little bit. Yeah. Tell me, tell me why you want to talk about Winter Garden. <clears throat> well, vampires, right? So, I've always honed in onto vampires because I always say, "Hey, there is always a trend um, when it comes to this stuff, right? There's always, hey, there's a vampire trend, and then okay, now the trend is zombies. Now the trend is you know, Frankenstein monsters. Or, or, so now the trend was vampires, and they kind of went off of it for a little bit. Now they're back, right? Yeah. Um, this is after the whole thing about. Uh, you know, Dracula kills off like half the vampire population, but moves the ones that are loyal to him to Chernobyl, right? Yeah. Um, in the meantime, Blade, who was supposed to be the sheriff of this little nation of vampires, but I guess he's being distracted with the whole Darkhold uh, mess right now. Unfortunately. Um, yes, sir. So, you know, Chernobyl is cur- still, uh, you know, it's it's technically under Russian oligarchy control, right? Um, So, I mean, it's in it, but, you know, it's whatever. So, uh, Dracula Dracula invites the Winter Guard, which is the Russian Avengers, to to his castle so they can discuss something. Um, And it's not just the Avengers. It's another guy named uh, Perun, who is like the Eastern... He's like an Eastern, East Slavic version of Thor, right? So, this guy... I forgot who this guy was. I had to look him up, right? So, <laughs> um, but 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 he's he's there as well. Now the uh, the premises, you no, know, they all go to go there. There's vampires like all over the freaking place, but 
no, Draco has given him safe passage. They sit down, and then Draco turns to one of them and says, all right, hey, here's this hard drive that you gave to me. And he says in front of everybody, hey, here's the secret hard drive you gave me. What do you want me to do with it? <laughs> just, just waving around. <laughs> and he's, he's like, well, I kind of wanted you to keep it safe, but you know what? I'll take it back now, right? And they're like, well, what's, what's on our drive? Well, it's all these secrets, right? Secrets that could destroy the world, that'll bring down governments, uh, un unleash uh, havoc on long billion other stuff and they're like well hold on let's talk about this unleashing this hard drive they know there's nothing to talk about so no Dracula freaking turns turns to i think it's the red guardian and says all right well i'm gonna give it to you anyway so so there's that thing so oh he and Villanova, which is the white widow they peace out they free so now that's unleashing an all type of all type of new havoc not vampires but you know what the heck is on this hard drive that is so important, right? Because that's this is what we know the Russians to do, right? We know that they, they are collectors of intelligence, right? All the type of intelligence that can wreak havoc to governments all around the world. Now the Red Guardian wants to bring Russia back to this its prominence by unleashing these secrets, right? This is almost like uh, comical propaganda, right? We're just sitting right here as they try to prep our minds that there's something going on, right? So, mm. I tell you what, I like it. I like the context, the context of what they're going to do, Mr. Ryan Katie, right? Um, but it better be good. Don't yeah. set me up, and it just, it just sucks, right? You, you got me interested with the whole vampire thing. You got me interested in you know the whole Russian Avengers thing, and and the what was not needed was the whole backstory with the Red Guardian. It went too long in the teeth on that one. There was too much dialogue, but I do like the the concept. Hmm. But they better bring it home. They better have some big secrets that they're going to reveal on this one. Well, that was, uh, you know, I actually thought this was a good idea for a book at this point in time because of um, because of the vampires taking over Chernobyl with Blade becoming the sheriff. I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe Russia might have something to say about that, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and then, uh, you know, having the Winter Guard actually come out and kind of be that group and have to operate in this in this vampire nation uh, is interesting. And the, these characters, you know, these characters have been around for decades and they've never really been fleshed out. So I kind of like the idea of having a book that focuses on who these people are. And, uh, you know, Dark, Dark Star has been around since the 70s and they never really have, you know, anything to say about her. And of course, Red Guardian and Red Widow and uh, Ursa Major has been yeah. around forever too. So, uh, you know, it's it's good to see these characters other than um, once every uh, every 10 years, just as a, you know, the, the superhero goes to Russia and runs into the Winter Guard, you yeah. know? So yeah, this exactly. is actually pretty good. This is one of the things that are coming out from the, uh, like, a, the diversity and inclusion initiative that I like. You know, let's focus on some already established characters that are diverse, you know, and and uh, use use them. Focus on them. This is, I think, this is a good book. That's the way it should be, right? Yeah. True diversity. Yeah. True diversity, yeah. right? And you get to see what they think and how what what their motivations are and how eventually that affects the rest of the world. This is great. Good stuff, right? Yeah. Um. Let's see. Well, that's that's all we're that to talk about regarding books. Let us roll quickly into the FOC stuff. This is stuff that you should be able to go to your local uh, FOC, your local comic book shop. Tell them, hey, I please, please, please order this stuff. Um, and then hopefully they can get it to you if it's not too late. Or if they've already ordered, you should be able to put it into your pull box. If, um, coming soon. Uh, and this is well, I'm just going to run over the Marvel stuff. Uh, Avengers Forever number one. Uh, the one to the far right is the one to twenty five cola. Um, a lot of people will actually like the one the the second one to the left. That's the Scalera, and then the one to one in the middle. That's a Dollarman. That's the one with the mini uh, Wanda's. Is that Silk on the cover with the rest of the Avengers? Uh, talking about the on the second cover. On the second, yes, it is. Yeah, that's she's not an Avenger, but maybe she is. Maybe she will be. Uh huh. I like that that all Scarlet Witch variant. That's cool. 
that one man, and Red Hulk. Yeah. I can't awesome. make out a lot of the characters on the Avengers Forever cover, the first one. Is that speed? I see speedball in the corner there. That's interesting. Let's see. Let, 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 where are we at? Where are we at? Okay. Okay. That would be cool if you could blow that cover up so I can see all the different characters in there. Why are they led by Ant-Man? <laughs> uh, let's see. You're in front. Here we go. Can you see it now? No, the, the one on the left. The big one. The one. Not the big oh, one. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. That gotcha, one. Gotcha. Yep. And yeah. This one. There we go. Yeah, look at all those characters. Some of these guys aren't Avengers. <laughs> I'd say most of these guys aren't Avengers. This looks like a uh, like a multiversal type Avengers. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So it looks like some alternate reality versions of some of these Avengers. It looks like, uh, is that Black Goliath in the back? Yes, sir. Yeah. There's like three different Thors in here. <laughs> okay, yeah. Hercules, Black Knight, Vision. Oh, is, look, is that Captain Marvel in her Captain Marvel suit? Like the uh, Monica Rambeau? Yep. Oh. Uh... It's not Captain Marvel. I forget what the name of that one particular one is. Well, um, Photon, but I mean... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah but I mean, but that's her Captain Marvel outfit, not her Photon outfit. No, I think that's the Photon outfit. That's the Photon uh, Okay. I can't... I'm, I'm trying to squint to see it. And that's definitely uh, Captain Carter uh, from What If? Above Ant-Man's right shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. So this is going to be kind of this is going to be a multiversal type Avengers book, right? So, so we'll see a lot of Avengers we're not used to seeing. So, should be interesting. Yeah. Which which characters do you think make the jump into the six one six and actually join the Avengers? So don't get me started, in because that's how Miles Morales got there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Miles Morales is not from the six one six. He's from an alternate universe. Yeah. He's from the and Ultimate he... Universe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so man, and then you got the female Loki in the one on one and 25 on the right, so yeah, man, yeah, with female there. female Thor, yeah. Oh, it's an all female Avengers, except for oh, no, even the Wasp is uh, looks like Nadia Pym, hmm. sir. All right, uh, cool, cool. Yep. Um, Black Widow number 13. Everybody was copping on the cover A, Adam Hughes. They were like, how is that an open order? That is not something that is an open order. Uh, and it is probably one of the covers of the year. Just a great freaking cover. Um, mm -hmm. People are loving this one. So I'm going to have to nice. order like 50 of these. <laughs> now, is that the next issue of Black Widow? Is that the last issue? Because I, I heard Black Widow's run was winding down. Or was it Black Cat? Black Cat is actually Black Cat, done. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think Black Widow, according to the story, has got quite a while to go before it resolves anything. Okay. It was Black uh, Cat. Sir, uh, Captain America, Iron Man number two. I love that Iron Man to the right. That Alex Ross. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, Dark Hold, Spider-Man number one. I'm, I, I kind of like it, but I'm staying away from it. I'm not going to get that many. And I even like the one in the middle. Well, Darkhold hasn't been helped by the Blade issue, which was horrible. And uh, yeah. you know, I, I don't. The the, the story's a little, a little uh, I don't know. It's terrible, absolutely terrible, man. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like the Iron Man one, but uh, the Blade one was not that great. So I don't really hold out hope for the rest of them. Yeah. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Um, kind of like the one to the right, which is like Gleason, and then that uh, Devil's Rain villain variant is, in the middle is kind of intriguing. Because if you look closely, it's a mixture in between like a Spider-Man and, or excuse me, a Spider-Gwen and yeah. Bullseye. Yeah, that's hmm, interesting. Huh. Uh, Death of Doctor Strange. Uh, the thing that was interesting about this one is that the solicit asked, who will be the new Sorcerer Supreme? So we don't know if there's going to be a new character. Or some of the older characters that have been established are going to be the new source of Supreme. And then how long are they going to be a source of Supreme? Huh. Who do you think it's going to be? 
Man, there's been so many, there's like so been so many sorcerer supremes in the last two years. Loki has been a sorcerer supreme. Iron Man has been a sorcerer supreme, man. Yeah, brother, wasn't brother Voodoo the most recent sorcerer supreme? Probably. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Way, yeah. I think so. So yeah, it's just a, uh, it's it's just weird. But I I mean I tend to think that it's gonna be um, the the librarian girl that's been running around as a supporting character in Doctor Strange for the last couple of years, his his understudy. Yeah. You know, I think if that's it, what it it's is, gonna be. Yeah, if it is, people are gonna want to pick that up. But problem is, is how long would she stay that? That's Not long Supreme. because I the, I think Doctor Strange is one of those characters that you can't permanently replace, right? So, like, um, yeah. But that man, they're shoving Black Knight down our throat still, though, huh? Doctor Death mm-hmm. to Doctor Strange, X Men, Black yep. Knight. Yep. Even though they they said that he's not, he was supposed to be an Eternals, but his character, like they his alter ego, made it, but Black Knight did not make it. So, um, <laughs> Devil's Reign number two, people were loving that, and Yuck Lee to the right, mm. and then people are also trying to tone in because people love Mark Trichetto, but. I don't think that one to the far left is is all that great. Is that the Taskmaster one? Yeah. 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 It doesn't. I've seen better. Yeah. Uh, the Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, number two. People are living at Kate, uh, Stephanie Hans to the right. Yeah, that looks good. I like actually. I like both of them. Why? I you know this is this is kind of what bugs me about Hawkeye. It was why did they have to? Um, denote that it's kate bishop because they've it's been a, it's a code name right well but but it also looks like clint's on the cover too right so, mm. so i mean and obviously you know even if it's if it's going to focus on kate uh that clint is going to be in it in some capacity so if you could just call it hawkeye or even hawkeyes just you know whatever but <laughs> it's it's cool i mean i like kate as a character and I think, you know, they, they, they've they done this enough with, uh, you know, Miles Morales being Spider-Man as well as Peter Parker being Spider-Man. They could do both. But, um, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, King Conan number one has got quite a few uh, covers. Um, the one that's going to be the big one is going to be the 150 in sense of Alex Leave. That's the one to the far right. Uh, people are kind of loving the st- st- uh, Sakai joint, which is this one right here in the middle. Marguerite Savage has got one, and I forget who this one. This is the Staco. Oh, excuse me, this one right up here. That's the Staco one to twenty-five. Hmm. Actually, excuse me, that's the Garcin. That's a Garcin, and then this one right here. That's the one to twenty-five. But pretty some pretty good covers. This is what the one of the things I like about Conan is you could just go straight fantasy and he's open to interpretation by many different artists. You could pretty much do what you want with them. And I loved each and every one of these, so I might have to get get some of these. Um people went absolutely nuts for this last night. Uh Phoenix song Echo number three. That went to the far right, that cover B, Chris Bachalo. People are loving this one. Um, and that was even before I told him about the solicit, which says that Echo meets her maker, the ancestral phoenix of Cahokia. Uh, so that's going to be the first appearance of a new character. I don't think she's necessarily going to be there long term, but just the fact that there's this great cover that went to the far right, plus this new character is going to set this one on fire when it comes out. Hmm. Literally. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars High Republic Trail of Shadows, number three. People are waiting on this one because there's nothing been too big that have gotten the juices flowing on this one. Um, in the meantime, Thor, number 20. Um, the cover A, is, uh, which is by Nick Klein. I don't know who Thor is fighting because uh, I thought he was supposed to be the God of Thunder, but we'll see what's going on with that one. Um, the cover B, that's the one in the middle by Simone Bianchi. And went to the far left. That's a Greg Land uh, Devil's Reign villain variant. That's a cross between Thor and Grim Reaper. That's pretty cool. Is it Galactus as well? Or no, it's just Grim Reaper. Yeah. Yeah, it's Grim Reaper. Uh Timeless. Timeless number one. And people are definitely going to look out for this one. Um the only the only ones that we have art for is 
There's two of them. There's this one right here, which is one of 50 by Tom Heck. And then this one, which is going to be the first cover appearance. Huh? Uh, miss Miss Time or whatever. Miss uh, Minutes. Miss that's minutes. there you go. That's act. That'll actually be her first actual comic book appearance, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, sir. So people were like, "Okay, well, we got to get on that one." Uh, Wolverine number nineteen. Um, the deadliest creature on Krakoa is off its shore. That's what it's going to be about. This is going to be about. In fact, the solicitor says, "Hey, the old man Wolverine and the sea," which is a homage to the Ernest Hemingway's uh, "The Old Man in the Sea." Hmm. Uh, I love. In fact, I really love that one in the middle, that Adam Kubert. Um, but then there are quite a few fans of Edward Giss, which is the one to the far right as well. Hmm. X-Men Child of Magneto, number five. The uh, the one in the middle which just looks pretty good. I let the color scheme by Valero shitty. And then uh, people are loving the one to the far right, which is a Terry Dotson, but that's one is a one and 25. Yeah, I like, I like the Terry Dodson cover too. That's a Dan Jurgens Magneto. Wow. Sure. Okay. Nice. And then that's all for the ones that are on FOC. Let's see, let's take three minutes to do the new release. Oh, yep. Uh, Aliens number eight, Sharon Sher- Far. That's the one that's a homage to Whistler's mother. Um, with the alien <laughs> going inside of her, her mouth. That's quite a homage. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the silver variant, which is a 1 in 25. Deadpool, black and white and blood. Number four is homage to Japanese manga hentai um, with the tentacle stuff. Um, if you don't know what hentai is, go look it up, but not at work. Um, <laughs> the, 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 look, it's just got all types of stuff going on. Excalibur, number 25, it's got a Momoko variant going on. Uh, the Miles Morales Spider-Man number 32. That's Taron Clark. And then there's also one by Chris Anka. I love the color scheme by that one, but apparently a lot of people do not. Hmm. Uh, Star Wars High Republic number 11. This one has already sold out. So if you can find this one, pick it up. Um, that Peach Momoko has already been selling out and selling for double. And this was as this was selling out maybe like over a week ago. So they would see it, definitely try and pick it up. Hmm. Uh, the thing, number one, it's got quite a few number of covers. Uh, there's the knock headshot variant. Then there is a Lee Bermejo, which is what people really love. That's the one that's, uh, in fact, that one's an open order. But the 1 to 25, people are like, eh, but that one's out there as well. And then I think lastly, Venom, number one. Um, there's quite a few covers for this one. I think that one's the Pacello. Then there's a Peach Momoko, which is possibly the ugliest <laughs> art she's ever done. Um, <laughs> that's her style. It is what it is. Uh, and then I forget who did this one. It might be Medina. And then there's the Enhyuk Lee. And this one's the Del Otto. And then the last one is uh, Bill Sinkwich, 125. That's, I like that one. Sir, that is the best one. So, and then that's, that's, that's all I got, sir. Wow. A lot of uh, variant covers. But it's not as bad as it used to be. At least they're not dynamite. <laughs> For sure. Dynamite's got like 30 covers and the same freaking art. Uh, all right. So that's going to do that for this episode of No Prize Podcast. I have a convention to get to, and we will see you in two weeks, and we will be, wow, right? We'll be around Thanksgiving time. So Turkey, you know, turkey, turkey. Yeah, day. If you can get a turkey for under 100 bucks. <laughs> honey and ham, man. Check out if you got yeah. honey and ham, where you at? We might do you pot. Might... You got to get it reserved right now. <laughs> we might do a Thanksgiving pot roast or something instead of turkey this year. Uh, I thought you were going to say we were going to do a Thanksgiving podcast. I was like, okay. Yeah, we can yeah. do a Thanksgiving podcast if you want to see me drunk on my ass. We could do that too. Uh, you know, we could watch football and just talk comics. Yeah, I'm all about so. it. All right. So we will see you in two weeks. And until then, stay safe.
out.